Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Suchere. Advancing Garage Logic segment number one. What did, uh, what did Reavers say it was, 68? Well, I didn't officially report a temperature. I think it's pleasant. I was distracted by a video that Rookie uh, had up on his computer. Mm-hmm. He's not focused, is he? Well, no, I'm focused. You're not going to be focused after you see it because you're going to wonder what would, why would somebody do something like this because you don't, we're just in different parts of our lives. It, ex- it explains why he was absent for the past couple of days. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, Rook, you missed it, but the but a Rudyard Kipling poem. <laughs> zero in, zero, zero interest, interest in. Uh, okay, next. Topic. That's okay. Anyway, Joe, what's on your mind? <laughs> Let's play the ride. You know, game. the last two days what were pretty pleasant. They were pretty pleasant. <laughs> what is on Joe's? Mind? We'll get to my we'll get to my stuff later on. That's fine. Maybe maybe we well. Will. It, uh, listeners are probably going to want to see. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, I think you're going to want to. Well, what the hell are you talking about? It's all about hits these days. It's not plastics anymore, Benjamin. It's not plastics. What what are we what are you discussing in there? Well, we're dis- what we're discussing in here is uh, I went out east to New York. Okay. Okay. And uh, I got some, I knew that. I got you and some, the bride. Yeah, I got, it was our 25th anniversary. I got my hands on some uh, Kelly and Ryan live tickets. All right. And during this show, Jesus. which I'm, you probably don't know. <laughs> you kidding me? They, Happy anniversary, babe. God almighty. They have someone. <laughs> you would have been better off buying her a garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, Are or you some, kidding me? Or some mats, some floor mats floor for mats. car. <laughs> the WeatherTech ones. Yes, oh, the Weather, nice. oh, WeatherTech ones are great. But Why at, doesn't somebody approach WeatherTech and tell them right here in St. Paul, Minnesota, the mayor of Garage Logic is a big WeatherTech user? I'm I'd get, love to speak for them. I'm going to get one of the sales guys on that because yeah. that would be a perfect yeah, Bought him for the CP. Got him for an anniversary. Yes. Present. You kidding she me? Still, she very, still uses very them. Very practical. Kelly and Ryan, I don't know who that is. Okay. Uh, Kelly Rippa and Ryan Seacrest, they oh. replaced uh, Kelly replaced Regis and Kathy in New Lee. York. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we, I won't go into that. Operas, that's pretty boring, but... Theater. McDonald's was packed. Yeah. I resisted the temptation. Anyway, on uh, Kelly and, and Ryan Live, they pick one person out of the audience to dance during their um, uh, transition to another person. a long story? No. Okay. And I was one of four picked. I'll say. Were you on TV dancing? Well, I oh, didn't yeah. make the television cut, but they record them and they send them out on social media. Uh-huh. So if you follow uh, me on Twitter, it's, what is it, GL uh, Rookie 13 I don't even know what my Twitter name is. But the well, station account also I'm grabbed sorry. hold of the video. At RookieGL, at RookieGL, oh yeah, for 1500 ESPN, at 1500 ESPN, they have a video of me posted 
um, moonwalking and dancing, right. and people are wondering well, how I lost. But the, the, the what distracted me, Joe, was you've got a young man who I don't know way off to the left. There's Bradley. two women, and then there's Rookie. And because he hasn't had his hair cut since 1993, when you see the video, you think, who are those women dancing on the show? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll I'll be anxious to see that. Uh, I'll show you during the break, and yeah. you'll probably never be the same again. <laughs> this week, in your absence, yes, a poem by Rudyard Kipling came up uh, that I had previously been unfamiliar with. A poem called "If Rudyard, If I Would Have Won the Dance Contest." It's just a fantastic poem, and it was uh, ripped out of the Academy at Manchester University in the UK because, of course, they have to look back in time, and they call him a, a racist. Uh, but the but the poem was brilliant. And I got a note mm. today from uh, Nathan who writes, <clears throat> I know if has been talked about for two shows now, but I wanted to share with you how I know the poem. I grew up in a small UP town with a football team called the Speed Boys. Is that a great nickname? Yeah, the Speed Boys. Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Uper. the Speed Boys. Our coach would read if to us before many games, so much so that I knew it by heart. It resonated with me so much that I read it to my six and three year old at bedtime almost every Sunday and had a printed version and a printed version hangs on their bedroom wall. It is a very powerful poem and means more today than it did back then. Nate. Well thanks, Nate. That's fantastic. I, I'm I'm slow to the I'm slow to the party. I, I was I'm not a poet guy. So when I come right. across poetry I have to learn about Robert it. Smith is your guy. Robert Smith. Robert Service. Robert Service. Robert yeah. Service yeah. is your guy. If so, there was uh, a if there was a man from Nantucket, right? Does it start like that? No, Reavers, get out of there and go do the news, because all you're going to do is egg your little friend down. I'm sorry. Get out of there. Get, get out, out of the room. Get a skill again. Get go out to of the there. John Height News yes, desk. Yes, he's working hard. I know you are a poem guy. Well, you should uh, you should look up the poem. If I we, will, we had a dramatic reading yesterday. Okay. Yep. I'm uh, I'm probably glad I missed that. Mike in Duluth writes, Jim Payne, the young mayor of Superior, Wisconsin, put out a call to area residents yesterday to help clean up the Wisconsin Point Beach along Lake Superior. The beach, the portion of Park Point Beach over the Wisconsin border, had become covered with driftwood that had washed into the lake from recent flooding rains. With the blessings of the mayor, dozens of families showed up to pick up the beach and have beach bonfires. Folks brought picnic fixings along with their chosen beverages, including beer, so long as they had a designated driver. By the time darkness hit last night, the beach was picked up and at least 15 beach bonfires were seen blazing. Now there's a GL solution. Good luck, Mike and Duluth. That is a GL solution. They got the beach cleaned up and everybody had a great time. Everybody come out, clean it up. We don't have to worry about uh, the city and all that other crap. Just get it done. Bill writes, Joe, I listen to your show via podcast the morning after it airs on my morning walk. I'm a 70-year-old former combat Marine in Vietnam and a garage logician. You talk about the center not holding and there needing to be pushback. You called the president a classless slime ball yesterday. Joe, we didn't hire him to direct the choir, but rather to drain the swamp. He is the only non-liberal president in my lifetime to push back when he's attacked. Can you imagine what you or anyone's reputation would be if thousands of journalists, and Bill puts quote marks around journalists, were looking for dirt on you all the time, 24-7? If they reported his successes, his approval rating would be in the 70s. I agree he is a classless slimeball, but sort of like George Patton was a classless slimeball. Okay, Bill, uh, you deserve your due. You're a combat Marine veteran. Oh, right now, repeat so he did I not. Came, uh, yesterday it came up that I said, look, 
I don't think much of Trump as a man. Not a man of character. But I can't find the law he broke because he and Cohen were going to pay off some dame. I, what, what's the, what, I, what law I is he I agree with that, too. I, what I what law is he breaking? Uh, right. Not a man of, uh, of high class, for sure. But I, I, with, to his letter, I will agree that it is a witch hunt. And I've never seen this. I mean, even when people didn't like George Bush being president, it's just. I would take the, issue with uh, with Mr. Bill here, Bill Lee. I will take issue with one thing. Uh, it's not that he's pushing back against reporting. Is It is more to the point that he has positioned himself to be opposed to reporting. Uh, and there's a current example. Uh, and the current example is a CNN reporter was barred yeah, from so. an open press gathering yesterday to the point where the White House press corps and Fox News have come to her defense. Caitlin Collins, a reporter for CNN, said the White House did not allow her to attend an open press event Wednesday because of a question she asked the president earlier that day. Uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Collins and her employee uh, say... Uh, and your employer, CNN, say the White House denied Collins access to Trump's Rose Garden event with the European Commission president because officials found her earlier questions inappropriate. Collins has served as a representative of the television networks during an earlier pool spray at the Oval Office. She and a handful of other reporters peppered the president with questions, including many focused on his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Uh, and then later in the day, because of that, apparently, she was denied access to the Rose Garden press event. Uh, it is standard protocol for reporters to ask the president questions at such events, and Trump, unlike some of his predecessors, often engages. Uh, Collins says she was later reprimanded by Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Communications Chief Bill Shine and told she could not attend the Rose Garden event, which was open to all other members of the credentialed media. CNN, in a statement, objected to the move, calling it retaliatory in nature and not indicative of an open and free press. Just because the White House is uncomfortable with a question regarding the news of the day does not mean the question is not relevant and shouldn't be asked, the network said. And as much as I find CNN disagreeable, they are absolutely correct in this case. Uh, The White House Correspondents Association also issued a harshly worded statement condemning the White House's misguided and inappropriate decision today to bar, you can foghorn that, uh, to bar one of our members from an open press event after she asked questions they didn't like. This type of retaliation is wholly inappropriate, wrong-headed, and weak. It cannot stand, said the group's president, Oliver Knox. And Fox News president Jay Wallace said, we stand in strong solidarity with CNN for the right to the full access for our journalists as part of a free and unfettered press. And here's the the problem. If you're you're cheering on Trump on this occasion, if you're cheering him on, you have to be careful what you wish for. Because uh, the next time they decide to bar someone, it could be your guy. You can't, you're right, you can't pick and choose this. And it's, it's, just, it's too petty, not to mention too incredibly uh, dangerous. It, it cannot stand in this country for a president to pick and choose which reporters are going to be allowed to attend a uh, press briefing. Let them shout their questions. If you don't want to answer their questions, fine, but they still get to ask them. Belt? Check. Attitude? Check.
Shank. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Dan? Yeah. Hey, how you doing there, Joe? Fine. Hey, hail of Oak. Hail you. Hey, uh, just a quick reminder. This exact same thing happened when Obama was in the White House. He barred Fox from, do you recall? And then there was the uproar and all of the, I think uh, actually CNN did uh, come to Fox's aid and say, hey, we're against that. You got to let our guy in. So this has been done before. All right. All right. Thank you. I'm tired of that game. We talked about that yesterday. I'm tired of tit for tat. I'm just tired of it. Look, it's undeniable that many in the news gathering industry are out for Trump's scalp. It's Mm -hmm. undeniable. Their jaws dropped the night he got elected and they've been out for his scalp ever since. But you don't bar reporters from an open press event. You just don't. But here's an example. Well, here. Uh, Fox News slammed its for, one of its former top executives, White House Communications Director Bill Shine, for banning a CNN reporter from a press event. So they're pretty the the dander is up on the on the on the uh, news gathering. Well, because think about how, how scared, how dangerous that is. But do you recall? I'll, I'll give you an example of what how the media is operating. Uh, do you recall when the uh, president appointed Brett Kavanaugh or selected Brett Kavanaugh as a Supreme Court nominee? Yes. I said, no matter who he would have nominated, that person will be gone after. Right. He could have nominated a transgendered liberal questioning activist <laughs> and they would have gone after that person. All right. <clears throat> it's being reported that the New York Times and the Associated Press, uh, Trump Supreme Court nominee and Judge Brent Kavanaugh. Uh, just a minute. Just a minute. The New York Times is seeking all emails written by Kavanaugh's wife. Uh, the AP and the uh, New York Times took different approaches to obtain the emails. According to the documents, the AP made a sweeping request for all emails sent or received by Ashley Kavanaugh's Village of Chevy Chase emails apparently she must have served in some city council capacity or something okay why do they want these by contrast the new york times is currently requesting that the village of chevy chase section 5 hand over any emails to or from ms kavanaugh that contain any of the keywords or terms listed below uh here is the uh records request from the new york times to whom it may concern under the Maryland Public Information Act, the New York Times requests to review certain email correspondence of Ashley Kavanaugh during her tenure as town manager in Chevy Chase Section 5. Specifically, we request digital copies of any emails to or from Ms. Kavanaugh that contain any of the keywords or terms listed below. As such, please conduct a search of the email accounts used by Ms. Kavanaugh for the following. They want emails with the following words in them. Okay. Judge. Brett. Husband, Supreme Court, SCOTUS, Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, Democrat, Republican, GOP, conservative, liberal, star, abortion, gun, gay, federalist, Leonard Leo, and federalist, social, uh, fedsocial.org. The list of terms that the New York Times requested reads like it was constructed in order to manufacture a hit piece. Wow. And 
you could say, well, that's how the free press operates. They, they, they have uh, freedom of information. They have every right in the world to seek these documents. But you know perfectly well why they're seeking them. Right. They're seeking them hoping to find something to aid and abet uh, liberals who want to undo Kavanaugh's nomination. Remember the Washington Post already tried with the, with the story that Kavanaugh, uh, Kavanaugh uh, incurred credit card debt because he bought baseball tickets. Right. That wasn't fake news. That was no news. Every, I have credit card debt. And I will till I pay the bill off. Right. Every American who has a credit card has credit card debt. Right. It was a non-story. It was pathetic. It was the way it was worded to make it sound oh, like it was, it was cheesy. Sound, and sound insidious. Chicanery. He bought baseball tickets and his friends reimbursed him. Yeah. Okay. Royce and I did the same thing. Right. Along with Mark Moeller. Right. We did the same damn thing. Everybody does it. You buy the stuff on credit cards, and then your buddies want two tickets to the game. You charge them sixty-eight fifty or whatever the hell the tickets were. Right. And you put the money in your pocket, and pretty soon the bill comes from uh, Visa, and you got to pay it. Boom. There was no story there. There was no story there. But this is further proof that news gathering institutions are certainly not going to stop their efforts from undermining Kavanaugh, who I have yet to. F- see any evidence that he's a foul creature seems like a solid guy no why don't they use their resources to to vet another story of uh just whatever somebody that's been undermined or if they they come up with something in those emails that indicates that uh mrs kavanaugh has uh be has behaved in criminal activity i'll be the first to take back this segment of the show i'll say i was wrong the new york times is right they they were onto something. They had they had suspicions, and they had every right in the world to pursue those emails by virtue of the Freedom of Information Act. And I'll be glad to say I completely blew it. But that's not going to happen. Uh, your gut says no. Huh? No, my gut says that's absolutely not. Your journalistic happen. instinct. I know what they're up to. It's it's plain. It's undeniable that many in the news gathering industry want this guy's hide. But this guy's got to be tougher than that. He's got to <sighs> he's got to say. Uh, let in that CNN reporter. I don't give a damn if she's there or not. I just won't. Maybe you know how he handles that. Don't call on her. Right. And even if she's shouting out during a photo op, still don't call on her. No comment. Thanks. Is uh, Reavers ready? In for Johnny Height. You. Number three. I have an announcement before we get to the news. You have an announcement? We're getting the Kardashian theory. I called Bob Lassard, the old, uh, he's the original old trapper. Yeah. And he returned my call today. I invited him on the show. He'll be on tomorrow in the one o'clock, the opening segment. Okay. He's been retired. He loves his life, but he's 87. He threw his hat in the ring to run for attorney general. And I want to know why. And okay. He, he called me back and he's laughing. He said, Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Lassard, the old trapper, is going to join us tomorrow about 105 uh, at the age of 87. He's, and he's running as a Republican, lifelong DFL. Right. And so but we kind ask, of a common sense guy, we too. We've got to ask him about that. So, tomorrow, you might want to oh, hear great. the old trapper.
I not might. I want to. Here's uh, Chris Reber's in the John Height newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Cloudy and 67 degrees. The Twins wrapped up a three-game sweep of the Blue Jays yesterday in Toronto. Mitch Garver had his first ever four-hit game. Joe Maurer and Eddie Rosario also chipped in three hits apiece. Matt Belisle pitched two innings of scoreless relief for his first win of the season. Irv Santana made his first start of the season because of that finger injury. He went five innings, allowing seven hits. And three earned runs. Faribault, Minnesota native Jake Patrishka surrendered four runs, earning the loss for the Blue Jays. Twins are now in Boston for the first of a four-game series against the Red Sox. Kyle Gibson will start opposite Sox left-handed pitcher Brian Johnson. First pitch tonight from Fenway Park is at 6.10 p.m. She was a, a very long game uh, yesterday. Not to go Roycey on it, but I watched while we did the program in here. Yep. I drove to my son's T-ball game yep. in Chanhassen. Yep. Watched the entire T-ball game. Yep. Got back in the car, drove home, and still watched the last half inning of that yep. baseball game. Still, Mac and Judd were on. Oh my! It was a lengthy contest. Oh, it went about four twenty, didn't it? Yeah, it was well, exactly. How many extra innings. Uh, they went eleven. That's not that long. Well, but even <laughs> remember when we were many. in we were in here doing sports talk because yeah. the game started at three oh five or whatever yeah. it was. It was the sports talk hour was almost over, and they weren't out of the second inning yet. Yeah, well, I I, I don't want to join the movement that's calling for an upheaval in baseball. There's just some common sense things I do, like I told you, I'd find you five hundred grand if you readjust your batting glove. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's just some common sense things I do, uh, but they're not being done. But I don't want to join that bandwagon that says. Oh, they got to turn baseball into a video game. They've got to do something to attract uh, people with uh, uh, lack of attention. They've got to do something to get youth involved. No, it's a wonderful game. It's it's maybe the world's greatest game. Rookie's going to make fun of me, but yesterday, um, because the Twins game was already over with, I forget if I had MLB Network on or ESPN, but the the game that they had on was in a rain delay. They were going to do the Red Sox-Orioles game, so they went to... Uh, Oakland was playing at Texas, and Oakland had... <laughs> 58-year-old Edwin Jackson on the mound. And the Texas color commentator, I don't know who his name is. I'll look it up. But he said, folks, this is what's wrong with baseball. Mm-hmm. And Edwin Jackson was taking minimum 30 seconds between pitches. And he said, I'm not saying a word until he throws the ball next. And he threw the pitch, and it was dead silence for 40 seconds. Well, it was phenomenal. Here's what I would do. Once you're in the batter's box... You can't step out of it. Yep. Which is already a rule, by the way. Well, it's being violated. Yep. Uh, no readjustment of the batting gloves. Okay. I'm I'm being deadly serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, 15 seconds between pitches. So you are in favor of a pitch clock. What's the? I, I literally don't want to see a clock somewhere counting it down. I just I want pitchers to be told. You want the umpire to say, "Let's go." Throw here. the damn ball. Mm-hmm. Let's go here. What's the penalty if they go 20 seconds? Uh, I mean, $500,000 fine. No, no, because you got to make it. I'm fining them all $500,000. Two strikes. No, I, no, like no. Now you're, you're, you're entering the tampering, tampering yep, realm tampering. that I don't want to enter. No, these are common sense things. Batter, you're in the box. Stay there. You don't get to tighten your batting gloves. Pitcher, throw the ball. End of story. You've just moved games to about an average time of 248. End of story. Here's the news. If you missed it late yesterday, the Wild and Winger Jason Zucker agreed to a five-year, $27.5 million contract. Uh, and the Vikings, by the way, still continue to prepare or, or get underway Excuse me, with the training camp. All that information is available online at 1500ESPN.com. News notes from today. Thousands of law enforcement officers from around the country filled nor- 
North Heights Lutheran Church up in Arden Hills this morning for the 11 a.m. funeral of Joseph Gom, the Minnesota corrections officer killed in line of duty last week. Gom, 45 years old, of Blaine, was killed last week by a Stillwater prison inmate and is the first corrections officer in Minnesota to be killed in the line of duty. More than a dozen men holding American flags lined the entrance as a 20-minute procession of family members and officers entered the church to the sound of bagpipes. The large sanctuary uh, appeared full with Governor Mark Dayton among those in attendance. A number of people were also wearing shirts in Gom's honor, which were designed by State Corrections Officer Shane Warnke, Jr., who has worked at the Stillwater Prison. His mother said that more than 1,000 shirts have already been sold and proceeds will go to the Gom family. A standoff in the parking lot of a Burnsville Costco ended peacefully, according to authorities. Burnsville police reported that just after 5 a.m. this morning that the situation in the area of Burnhaven Drive and McAndrews Road had finally been resolved. Police said that they received a call at around 5.30 p.m. yesterday reporting of a suicidal man that was in the vehicle in a lot and was in possession of a gun. The store closed late Wednesday night as a result of the incident, but then reopened as normal after the incident was cleared this morning. Hmm. Super Value, the Minnesota food distributor that struggled for years after a failed attempt to create one of the nation's largest grocery chains, was sold today to a Rhode Island-based wholesaler in a $2.9 billion deal that also puts Cub Foods, the biggest grocer in the Twin Cities, on the sales block. Executives of Super Value and the company acquiring it, United Natural Foods, said the combined firm will sell the retail business, including Cub, that accounted for about one-third of SuperValue's $14 billion in annual revenue. That means a further reshaping of the Twin Cities grocery scene, action marked in recent years by the exit of Wisconsin-based Rainbow Foods back in 2014, the entry of Iowa-based Hy-Vee in 2015, and expansions of smaller chains like Aldi and Trader Joe's. United Natural Foods, a major supplier to Whole Foods markets and other grocery chains, will pay $32.50 in cash for each SuperValue share, a 67% premium to SuperValue's closing price of just under $20 yesterday. It will also assume SuperValue's outstanding debt. SuperValue shares jumped 65% to more than $32 in the first hour of stock trading. I'd rather own that stock than Facebook. Facebook is plunging. How about Fiat? Yeah, it's doing fine. We're good. Are they we just good? Lost their founder, didn't they? We're good. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand is how. Okay, this place comes in, says we're going to buy Super Value, which Cub belongs to. Mm-hmm. Then they say they're going to sell it off. Well, it accounts for one third of their value. Ooh, ooh, pick me. Pick okay, me, pick me. Editorial comment yeah. from the fill-in newsman. Yep. Well, what that essentially means, Rook, is that part they'll sell that off, but they'll make money off the sale of that. Okay. So their initial investment was, what did I say, $2.9 billion. Yep. So they'll reap that sale back to earn some of that cash back, but then still have, have the, the other uh, entities or yeah. whatever. Okay. I think I they know what they're doing. that's why I'm not an executive somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Even though you got a big head. Yeah. yeah. Big head, yeah. which a lot of execs do. Right. The Minnesota Department of Transportation will shut down a 15-mile stretch of Interstate 35W through the heart of the Twin Cities this weekend. From 9 p.m. Friday to 5 a.m. Monday, northbound travel won't be allowed between the Crosstown and 694 in Arden Hills, except for the stretch from County Road C to Interstate 694. Southbound lanes in I-35W will be closed, too, except from 694 down to 280. 
and Highway 36 from 46th Street to the Crosstown. In other words, don't go anywhere. Bingo. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Don't uh, go anywhere. MnDOT does have two separate projects going on I-35W this summer. One is the $239 million rebuilding of the freeway between downtown Minneapolis and 43rd Street. That project includes rebuilding the congested 9435W interchange, adding a new transit station at Lake Street, and building new off- and on-ramps at 28th and Lake Streets. The project also includes replacing or rebuilding 18 different bridges. MnDOT is putting a utility pipe under I-35W, which requires the full closure. And by the way, this update was brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Stores in Bloomington, Fridley, and of course, in downtown Duluth. A tremendous uh, example of windmilling coming up right after Dave Dahl's weather. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Dave Dahl's forecast in Garage Logic brought to you by the fine folks at Manifest. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 67 degrees, heading for a high today, close to 70. We do have uh, a few little breaks in the cloud cover out there, but just enough to make the atmosphere a little unstable. So some scattered light showers or sprinkles. You're going to run through these car spotters uh, throughout the whole afternoon into the evening as well before those clouds clear out. Clearing skies tonight, some patchy fog possible, especially around lakes and rivers. Uh, low down to 57. Tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy and very pleasant. Great way to end the week here. 77 on Friday. Then over the weekend, upper 70s, close to 80, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there could be some isolated showers and thunder showers that pop up. Not going to be the type that uh, cancel any plans at this point. But we'll be dodging a few of these showers, I think, Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Monday, temperatures get up to 82. Tuesday up to 84, and then we cool right back down to the mid-70s by the end of next week. Again, going for a high today of around 70, Joe. Right now we're at 67. Thank you. Mark Zeke Kossover, a teacher in residence at a San Francisco science museum, completely destroyed the interior of his Subaru Outback. It melted. Why? Well, it's 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 windmilling. Remember the Prius that melted in uh, L.A.? Off the reflection yeah. of the window, yeah. Off the solar panels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of uh, Kossover's many science-related interests involve, involves building solar ovens, passive contraptions that harness and focus sunlight to boil water or cook food. His most recent design involves a discarded uh, meter-wide direct TV satellite dish that Kossover con- covered with highly reflective mylar film turning it into a giant parabolic reflector. Okay. Despite the lack of a polished mirror finish, the satellite dish was still able to create a focused spot of sunlight that was hot, hot enough to pasteurize a liter of water in just 15 minutes, and hot enough to melt through the plastic trim panels on the back of his car like a death ray. (laughs) Kosshover is uh, well aware of how dangerous a solar oven can be and had no intentions of leaving the mirror in his car all day. He had brought it to San Francisco's Exploratorium, where he works to show off his creation. But after bringing a load of other equipment inside, he got distracted and forgot about the giant mirror sitting face up in the back of his car. He only realized his mistake after climbing back into his vehicle to drive home at the end of the day and looking in the rearview mirror. As the sun had moved across the sky throughout the day, the solar oven had focused its energy on the Outback's interior trim, creating a path of melted plastic destruction. (laughs) 
Passover like a dripping candle driving everything. It's just I'm looking at pictures of it. It's just shot. Passover is thankful the mirror only destroyed two pieces of trim, which he estimates will cost less than a hundred bucks to replace. There was certainly the potential for the car's interior to ignite, burning the vehicle to the ground. But this version of the story apparently has a happy ending. Uh, it looks to me like he's crazy if he thinks he's going to replace this for two hundred bucks. This thing melted everything. Inside. Yeah, that's that's just going to be the labor. But he uh, apparently he's a tinkerer, and uh, he's going to solve all his problems with a solar mirror. And uh, he <laughs> as uh, the sun just kind of went over its course, it he just, everything mel- in its path melted the damn car. <laughs> uh, well, good luck to him and his two hundred dollar. Just a minute. Bill. Just a minute. What is this? Oh yeah. You know, this clock is so tight sometimes. I you can't. know, that's never going to happen to you. You're, that's never going to. You know, you talk about pat or radon gas and things that are going to kill or yeah. whatever. Um, you putting in any type of solar equipment and melting something in your car or a solar oven, that's never going to happen. No, I'm I'm open to the idea of uh, solar energy, of course. Sure. But I'm not driving around with a satellite dish in my car. Right. If it works, make it efficient enough to work and be done with it. You know, uh, it, it's uh, it's unfortunate to see Yellowstone, I'm sorry, uh, Yosemite mm-hmm. under fire, literally on fire. Uh, and now it turns out that that could have been caused by arson. A 32-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of igniting a blaze that forced the closing of Yosemite National Park, and it burned five homes and prompted evacuation orders for an entire mountain town. Brandon McGlover of Temecula, was booked Wednesday on suspicion of setting five fires, including one that threatened 600 homes in the San Jacinto Mountains east of L.A. McGlover was being held in the Coy Bird Detention Center in Murrieta, according to jail records, and is expected to appear in court Friday morning, according to the Desert Sun. What a... That's a bad guy. You don't go and light five fires in California when it's tinder dry. Well, you don't do it at any time. One of the fires erupted Wednesday afternoon and spread uh, to 7.5 square miles, fueled by dry brush and trees and rugged terrain. It was burning in and around San Bernardino National Forest, forcing officials to order evacuations for Idlewild and surrounding communities, which are home to about 12,000 people. And no injuries reported. William Blodgett of Idlewild said he couldn't get home because of the flames and had to wait along with others at a gas station in nearby Mountain Center until the fire hopped a highway and began to move in his direction. The fire is one of several across California. Oh, that's just pathetic. Who would be that? I, I don't know how you can be that stupid. Is that, uh, can, you, can you file that away to man is losing its um, relationship with nature? No, I think you no file one- that away to criminal intent. We were all peeling out of there as fast as we could, Blodgett of Idlewild told KNBC-TV. It was apocalyptic. Uh, the fire is one of several across California amid amid a statewide heat wave. You also missed that, uh, Rook. We, uh, I decided that reason cannot compete with hysteria in the reporting of hot weather. Uh, it's, it's reported in an apocalyptic fashion. It's reported with hysteria. Uh, it's called extreme, but in every case of so-called extreme weather, you can find historical evidence that that same weather 
has already been with us in the past. And that's the reason part. And, and, and I was gladly willing to admit that me pointing out that the record temperature in Waco, Texas was in 1939, whatever, was meaningless. That's meaningless. Just as it is meaningless to tell me today that you could melt a box of crayons in Waco, Texas. It means nothing. It's been there before. And yeah, it's a hot summer. It's a hot summer. It's just a shame that you have morons who exacerbate it by starting fires. Yeah, that's really... Uh, my, my fear is that some moron is going to destroy... It'd be tough to do. Uh, destroy Yosemite before I get a chance to see it. I, I've seen Yellowstone. I'm, I, haven't, I'm not a, I haven't seen a lot of national parks. But man, I, I've always enjoyed uh, every film or photograph I've seen of Yosemite and I've never been there and I don't want some moron in California trying to burn the damn park down it's too gorgeous it's maybe one of the most gorgeous places on earth and uh, I'm gonna wait for a good rainy season so when I get there the meadows are lush and green and and the air is clear now the tourists are uh, being a little short-changed if this was their summer vacation uh, we just lost Neil. What did he have on his Oh, mind? he was talking about in the 30s in the Dust Bowl area how the farmers, um, yeah, it was apocalyptic where everything burned yeah. in the Dust Bowl, but we also learned from that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, the all, farmers took well some what we learned is don't start fires. Right. Just, uh, just a moment. Let me say what I said earlier. Tomorrow we're going to have the old trapper on. The, we used to call Bud Grant the old trapper, but the original old trapper is former state senator Bob Lassard. And uh, he'll be on with us tomorrow because at the age of 87, he's decided to run for attorney general. <laughs> What's Who's on line one? Uh, Corey. Corey? Make a move, Joe. Any any place in St. Paul, Roseville, Little Canada, uh, anywhere. Uh, there seems to be a long line. I know they're they're bearing uh, a person killed on the line of duty, but I'm now on my 12th mile just trying to get home, and I started one mile from my home. So, All I don't right. know. All right. Make that's, a move. That's a Joseph Gom's funeral procession, procession I believe. Law enforcement officers from all over the country came. He's the first ever... Uh, corrections officer to die in the line of duty in the state of Minnesota. I would say have a care and make a move. And if you get stuck in traffic, maybe file off a little prayer for him and his family. Say, uh, 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 Bob Lassard. Uh, yes. Let me finish that thought. Uh, b- b- he'll be on tomorrow and uh, it-, it should be entertaining. He's got some interesting reasons he's running for uh, for attorney general. As okay. a Republican, lifelong DFLer. Mm. 1500 ESPN is... KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis, it's 68 degrees and cloudy.